0: Love Talk Radio. Good afternoon, I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and I welcome you to this very special edition of the Trailblazer series. This is the second installment of this monumental series dedicated to legendary singers in the realm of opera. We last left off the Trailblazers series with the legendary tenor George Shirley. Today we are joined by another legendary Metropolitan Opera star. Today our special guest is none other than soprano Leona Mitchell. Miss Mitchell debuted as Carmen with the San Francisco Opera and then made her Metropolitan Opera debut in the same role in 1975. Her recording of George Gershwin's Porgy and Bess with Lord Mazzell in the Cleveland Orchestra brought her to international acclaim. Several recordings and television appearances are all to her credit. A Grammy Award-winning soprano, Mitchell sang for 18 seasons with the Metropolitan Opera. Appearances in other great houses include Paris, Covent Garden, Vienna, Rome, Australia, and the list goes on and on. Please join me today in welcoming soprano Leona Mitchell. Good afternoon, Ms. Mitchell.
1: Good afternoon, Patrick, and it's so nice to be on your show. I've been kind of following you as well. We are just proud of you for, you know, making this inroad to our history as as a black performer. So thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That is so kind of you. I really appreciate that. Now, talk to me about this special concert of yours this weekend in New York with the Metro Chamber Orchestra.
1: Yes, uh, this is. Come about uh through a friend Phil Nuto, who is the director of the Metro chamber orchestra, and uh we met years ago when I was doing i, I iida in Hong Kong, and he was one of the conductors and we've been out of touch and so he's been trying to find me, and he has suggested years ago. Uh, you know, about me singing. Do you sing any Wagner? Do you sing any, you know, Strauss pieces? So he found me 20 years later, and he says, what about that? And so this is how this concert came about. I'll be doing my first uh, Wagnerian piece, uh, the Lee Bestowed, and then I'll be doing the final scene of Salome, So I'm excited mm. about new repertoire.
0: Well, it sounds like a wonderful program, and I had the opportunity to talk to Phil uh, last night in depth, and he was so complimentary. and He told me about the oh. fact of how you all met twenty five years oh my ago, my and <laughs> so and, it's twenty five. Huh? <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh. yes, and so he's he's equally excited. And he also mentioned the fact uh, during that particular run of Aida that you all. You all, when you all met, that he was kind of concerned because you didn't sing the, you weren't supposed to sing the dress rehearsal, and then you ended up having to. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, yes. They had another soprano there. They were gonna save me because it was, you know, back to back. But uh, I ended up having to do that as well. So I went and did it, and did Aida the, the next night. Yeah.
0: Mmm. <laughs> it was tough. it was so, tough. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So, how did you get interested in in opera, or or what sparked your interest to become an opera singer?
1: Oh, it's a long story. Let's see. It started back actually in high school. I had a teacher in here in Oklahoma, from Enid, Oklahoma, that wanted to be an opera singer, and uh, she never did that. And she was over a choir in high school, and so she introduced me to opera through. Uh, actually, the opera, Aida. She wanted for her school program someone to do the final scene in Aida, and she, I was in her choir, and she said, why don't you listen to this recording of, uh, she had Leontine Price and Maria Collis. Can you believe it? That was my first mm-hmm. introduction to hearing opera, the best ladies on earth. <laughs> and I heard it, and I was just mesmerized. And uh, she kind of guided me to my first university in Oklahoma, to a private school there Oklahoma City University and got a wonderful teacher there to agree to teach me and I got a scholarship to Oklahoma City University and that's how I got started
0: it's so funny that you would mention leotine Price because when i've been in my reading and doing my research on you, I was reading and you may correct me if if I 'm wrong, but in my reading, I was finding that a lot of people in the opera world they kind of like the the hue and, and and color of your voice to leotine prices, so therefore it was somewhat not necessarily a comparison but it's just that you were in that same could you maybe talk about how teaching career influenced you? Yes. Uh, it
1: you? didn't start out that way, Patrick. I started out, you know, just singing the lyric roles like Micaela and the secondary parts, you know, um, you know, Liu uh, Mimi, and that sort of thing. But we because I started so early at the Met, like 24 years old, you know, my coach we thought we would. You know, we got groomed, and I was started as a lyric. A lot of people begin at the Met, whatever flock they are, that's what they are. But having started so early, I really kind of just grew up, you know, in a lyric flock. So I wasn't compared that much to Leontine at that point. <laughs> it's when I started taking on the i e the butterflies and, you know, the forces that the comparison started, Uh uh, but I don't think there is comparison because Miss Price is just onto herself. <laughs> <laughs> she's the goddess of all time. I mean, you can't compare. It's just no comparison. Each person, you know, is an individual, and uh, she's just not to be compared with. But, you know, people like, you know, when you're black, and they, they, I guess they were always looking for that next Leontine or whatever, you know. So it, it was sort of inevitable, I guess, that that would happen.
0: Wow. So do you have any opportunity to interact with uh, young singers as far as uh, maybe teaching voice or advising about certain repertoire uh, as far as opera is concerned? I
1: have started uh, in the last few years uh, doing master classes, and uh, that's given me the opportunity sometimes to go to some universities and, you know, impart some of the wisdom that I've gained through the years to young people. I haven't started a studio yet just to teach voice but i plan to eventually do that i would like to give back that way but i have had such great fun you know when i have done these master classes it's just uh an eye opener for me and and i do recall you know coming along myself how that is to have a person that's been in the business and know the ropes to come back and and listen to you it's very important and uh so i want to continue that
0: Hmm. I was reading a wonderful article about you uh, by Scott Barnes that was in Opera oh. News, and it, and it really helped me to get a lot of insight about you and your career. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know whether you're aware on Facebook, there's a group on there called Famous African-American Singers of Operatic and Concert Literature, and I have posted oh. pictures of different opera singers in that group, and your picture is a, is among <laughs> all those singers. So it's, uh. it's really a uh, a uh, full circle moment to now to have this interview uh, with one who I've, you know, read about and looked at clips that on YouTube Aww, and, that's and so forth. <laughs> All that
1: is so sweet.
0: Wondered, sweet. Yeah, it, it's really an honor. I wanted to talk to you because um, I, I, in my reading I noticed that, of course, I know that particular in the 80s and the 90s you were regularly singing at the Met and regularly doing big telecasts nice. and so forth, and then – something changed. What what changed in your life as far as the direction of your career at that point? What where, where we didn't well, see you as much I
1: think I think uh, you know, like in the mid nineties, um I, my parents were getting elderly and I have a son and you know, I just had been traveling all my whole adult life and uh I just kind of just stopped and came to see about my parents.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh
1: it just kind of just stopped like that because I really wanted to give back, and I'm I'm not uh, sorry that I did that because I you can't take anything for your parents, <laughs> and uh, right. you know they both have since left here since then. But I was very grateful to be here with my mom. She passed away I think t- the very latest of 2005, and uh, so was, it's bit, it was like 10 years 10 years that I just kind of just devoted to them. So. Um, I'm not sorry about that. It just kind of just stopped abruptly, but I'm trying to get my feet wet again. I don't think, the whole time that I was doing that, though, I've kept practicing.
2: (laughs) Mm. I didn't just
1: stop singing. I just kept, uh, you know, doing my thing, and I would do the occasional, you know, recital here in Oklahoma or, you know, Kansas or somewhere. I would do something to keep my craft up, so I didn't just not sing, but you know locally i just kept myself
0: going so but, is this, um, uh is this new york recital sort of speak um a reentry recital or is it maybe your hope that this this program will maybe put you back into the fabric of performing regularly again
1: well uh yes i guess maybe yes to both of those <laughs> because uh <laughs> it's um it is kind of a renewal or coming back because I haven't, you know, just put myself out there at all, you know, on a bigger scale. So it is, and it's certainly uh, different. I mean, the, the the repertory is different. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess I am. I would probably, I, I don't think I would like to be on the scale that I was because I'm older and I don't really want to have that pace of life. But I would like mm-hmm. to continue to sing, you know, when I can. So, you know, not any day to day. And
2: you should be <laughs> singing regularly because I. I- <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But all that traveling, you know, day to day is a bit much. But to do the occasional recitals here and there and go to Europe and do different things, I would like to do that, I think.
0: And I think you you're going to do that. I was actually listening to, well, looking at rather, some recent clips uh, from your recital that you did in um, the Baltimore area. area. And oh so, yes, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm so yeah, regretful that, was... that I couldn't make that program. it was, it was something else going on? And I said, Leona yes,
2: yes. Mitchell
0: in Maryland,
1: <laughs> and I
0: was like, Oh, yeah. this is just was, a trap. Yeah, I was
1: tiptoeing. I was tiptoeing back in just to <laughs> get my feet wet. So. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah, and uh, I'm just very grateful that, um, you know, that I have, uh, you know, tried to keep my craft up. So um, I'm I'm excited about uh, going up to New York and uh, being with Phil and the orchestra. They play very well. You should go listen to some of their pieces on YouTube as well, the Metro Chamber Orchestra. Because I'm sure Phil talked to you about that. They are musicians that have have met uh, in Philharmonic. Yeah, they're wonderful. So I'm looking forward to it. So much
0: exciting. So it's really a win-win situation for both parties involved. It's an opportunity for you to get your feet, you know, wet and yes. have a big mm-hmm. uh, performance platform. And then it's also the opportunity for this orchestra to play with one of the world's greatest
1: uh, operatic
0: sopranos. Oh, you're so sweet.
2: Thank you, Patrick. <laughs>
0: So if everyone's listening, I want you to know that Leona Mitchell is here and she's back. So if you need to engage her, and she's already said that she doesn't want to be on the same level, but certainly she deserves to be heard. So if anyone's listening, you should definitely go on YouTube because is certainly in the pudding.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'm
0: I, I hope
1: to get to meet you personally sometime too. I just appreciate your work and and what you're doing and keeping our history going. I really appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you so much. Now, let me tell tell me something. Do you mm-hmm. do do you sing um many of the uh African American spirituals or art songs on your programs when you program recitals?
2: Yes,
1: I do. I always, that's always included, um, you know, because I came from a religious background, for heaven's sake. My dad was a minister, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's sort of a, a requirement, I think. You know, it's such a joy to do, you know, the spiritual. One, one loves to do that, so, yeah. And I think more, um, I, I do more of the spiritual, actually, than just to, you know, I haven't done that many um um, I guess, modern black singers, but um, but I, I do the spiritual. It's not because I don't want to, it's just I haven't had a chance to really, you know, get into that, but that would be interesting, too. I have had in the past some young uh, people send, you know, music that they had written, but I just, got, oh, you know, as I say, I got sidetracked to, to the family situation here, so. mm
0: mm-hmm. So that's mm. another plug for these young composers. Yeah. That's a commission work. I hear <laughs> you should commission a work for Miss Mitchell and yeah. send it to her, and that way she can premiere a new work by an yeah. upcoming African American composer. Oh uh, uh, so, uh, yeah,
1: that would be lovely. Mm.
0: It really that would. Be would. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. That would be a fascinating thing. Now, tell me, I want to know, in all of my um, looking at different performances that you had performed, what was it like to work with the the late Luciano Pavarotti? Because I know a lot of people assume that you all were both the same age, but you were younger than when you all performed together.
1: Yeah, I was like a little sister, Yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 is because I came so early into the Met, you know. I got to be with all these people, you know, that were like my big brothers and things, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen years older than me. But I um Luciano so many memories. My a matter of fact, my husband who is, who has been my, you know, road manager for years, he's 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 penning a book actually, we're doing a book. Because the two, you know, every opera singer has their own Story to tell, and so it's it's wonderful when you get to see the insights from their point of view, our point of view. So anyway, Luciano is way back there when I first started, you know, in San Francisco, and I have lots of stories to tell about my adventures in opera. I'm laughing because I, I look at things sometimes very comically. There's a lot of things that go on backstage, but Luciano is. One of the, the first memories of Luciano in San Francisco I was doing Liu, and uh, he, he was a big Luciano. I mean, you know, he was already a big star. He got even bigger than that, but uh, he was running around in San Francisco in his Rolls Royce. You know, I mean, I think I was walking. Uh, walking back to my hotel or something. He said, well, don't you want to ride, you know? And I said, no, I can just find my way. He thought I was so precocious.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was supposed
1: to be blown over and get in the, you know, the Rolls Royce, but I just said, no, I'm fine. I can just, you know, find my own way. <laughs> but, yeah, we went back, you know, went back to the very beginning, and he was just, uh, just the ultimate performer and wonderful, wonderful performer. Was always a thrill to sing with him. We did a, a movie together and uh, just lots of different things together. So he was an important person in my career. That's really important.
0: Who, who are some of the memorable uh, conductors that you've worked with? I know that when I've seen some of your pictures, I've seen a lot of Zubin Mehta uh, photos. Oh, Lord, that's my
1: favorite. Ones. I shouldn't say that, but he was one of my favorite <laughs> Zubin. We did so many things together. I used to go to Israel with him in the Philharmonic, and uh, actually, I'm one of the singers. I think Florence Quivar and I. We went a lot of times with the Israeli Philharmonic all in Israel, and uh, I have this. I I just was synonymous with that symphony because I opened the seasons a lot of times there and with Zubin and I we did opera we did art songs together um, and I I think the symphony uh, planted 15 trees in Leona Mitchell's name in in Israel it was was just such a wonderful wonderful uh, combination to work with Zubin in a lot of different areas Uh, you know we did in Italy and all over we just worked together in Japan and he was he was just one of my special people. <laughs> and oh, unfortunately. Wow. Mhm. But uh, I love Jimmy Levine too. I mean, we we did a lot of things together, a lot of those new productions up the Met and he was he's just he was just a genius. <laughs> he he was a mm. singer's conductor. He just loved the voice and you know, whichever ones it was and he just was so devoted and I just loved working with him. Uh, Seiji Ozawa. Uh, these people uh, were wonderful, really, really, really mm. top notch. And and then also, you know, just outside of opera, I also had this whole big profile. I I don't have that many recordings, but I had I I sang a lot of uh, recital repertory and orchestral pieces, you know. And so I sang with a, most of the symphonies and and orchestras. So I sang with most of those guys and <laughs> those conductors. So. It was a joy because you know the top rate orchestras—you just can't beat them for the sound. Still <laughs> you know, ringing in my ears,
2: actually.
0: Oh wow! But actually, one, <laughs> so one, one
1: concert. Uh, let me just say, one concert I did with Zubin—I think it was in. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think, think it was it. in Boston. I'm not sure, but we did it. We did the. Um, uh, I think it was the Beethoven's Ninth. Oh. And he brought me to tears at second movement, just him oh, it was just unbelievable. I still remember it to this day. it was just
0: unbelievable to me, but anyway, what were you asking me <laughs> so <laughs> so when you when you were programming uh, recital literature, what would you say what was your specialty or thing that you really liked to sing in the recital format
1: in the recital format um, hmm, I think um a lot of the times the French repertoire it was uh, you know the Du Parc and the Debussy and that was really really special and uh, I always did at that point I always did uh, included opera in my in the in the recital repertoire because that's what I basically was but uh So then it was always just not straight. I know in Europe, sometimes they would do an all-Brahms program and all Debussy. In America, I know that we always uh, made it varied for the audience, you know, so we could start with Handel and, you know, whatever, and then Mozart and go down the line like that to uh, Debussy. And then, but you know what? I am... Um, I noticed that a lot of people—that's why I'm maybe doing this repertoire now. A lot of people liked me in the German. Uh, you know, I did a lot of Strauss songs and and Wolf, and so and I noticed that people really liked them. So I think I might have an affinity for the German, and I I'm excited because years ago I was asked to do Zolome twenty years ago in Australia, and I was actually starting to learn it then, but then it got cancelled. And I did Ariadne instead, so I had, I had only done Ariadne there. But I really, really like the German repertoire, so I hope that it opens up something for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I believe it will. So what mm-hmm. opera singers do you stay in contact with that perhaps you worked with at the Met or, or other houses that we might know?
1: I'm sorry, who is what? Uh-
0: I, I'm sorry. I said I was asking, uh, what opera singers do you uh, keep regularly oh. in contact with?
1: Um. Well, I um. I I, I am. A, I stay with you know. I think we all kind of stay in contact with each other. Kathy or Battle meaning Battle, and uh, I don't know Sam Raimi. These kind of people, Tom Hanson, and Those kind of people, I guess I stay in touch with. You know, to oh, see how all business, meals
0: picked
1: hmm. up. <laughs> yeah, those kind of people. Yeah, and, uh, and those are I was really good friends with Barbara Hendricks. Those kind of people. I was really good friends with them. We were really we started out together, and uh, I mean, really, literally <laughs> started out at Juilliard together, Barbara Hendricks and I, and you know, so uh, and 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 when I I as I said I was with. The older generation, for me, I was really friends with these people like Joan It really hurt me. I mean, really friends. I mean, when I had my baby, she knitted she, uh, me a special uh, uh, outfit for him to be in. I mean, I was literally over their homes, and we shared dinners and things, and so really personal friends. Jackie Horn I stay in contact with, Um uh, you know, she she actually teaches down here in Oklahoma at the Oklahoma University, uh, master classes several times a year. So um, those people were, I was, we were really colleagues,
0: <laughs> real serious colleagues.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, it went beyond just singing.
0: So that is magnificent. What advice would you give to a young person who wants to pursue this this career of opera?
1: Mm. One of the things that I tell um, young people uh, if they're really serious about this uh, career that they may be, you know, embarking upon, once they establish, uh, you know, that they have a a particular talent and people are telling them that, that they really must take care of their voice. And, And you get a lot of advice and a lot of advisors and a lot of teachers along the way, coaches, that you have to really make sure that you take care of your instrument because people will uh, maybe give you some advice that's not really profitable for you, It's it's not working for you, your voice is going out or whatever, it's just not good for you, and you really have to be true to your soul. Because sometimes as singers we get so involved with teachers, they come into our lives and they're not just teachers, they're like our second mothers, our fathers, our uncles, and they become a part of our lives. And you have to uh, distance yourself from a person that's being destructive to your voice. And even if you like them, you have to kind of get rid of them. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> and uh, It's kind of hard <laughs> to, to 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 do that sometimes, but that's what you have to be true to yourself. And then the second thing is that you have to come into this as a business. I didn't necessarily – do that, and I think I think that people are more savvy now because it's a bigger market. They have, you know, they have a chance now to be in the theaters, and, and and it's just a big YouTube. It's such a big market now. It's a business, and so you really have to
0: make sure that you know you put your business hat on. That is very important because I know so many young singers. Uh, mm-hmm. they desire to think and take headshots and wear a nice gown or a sharp tuck, but they don't have mm-hmm. that busy business-saviness that is that is really crucial to propel their car oh. to the next level. So
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And it's really swift and tough now uh, versus, you know, when I was going, I, I think it's really you'd have to really surround yourself or try to, Surround yourself with you know business savvy people.
0: Hmm. I want to pause for a moment. I do. If you would oblige me, I do have a wonderful uh, recording of you singing the Puccini Vissi and I want to play that uh, for our listeners, and then we'll come back on. Just one moment. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bravo, brava brava brava
2: <laughs> oh where is that bc today?
1: which one is that
0: <laughs> this is the one that you're in uh, it's uh avery fisher hall oh and, and i top. forgot and you have on that magnificent black cape
2: oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh my yes
2: God. i had
1: that made in paris yes i had a i had a lovely lady in paris that used to do things for me yeah that's yeah that's great <laughs> Well, that oh, that was a sense. fun night. Uh, uh, Carol Neblett was on that show, and um, you know Harold and Blackwell. She's a good friend. Oh yes, she was on the show as well. They did the Balo thing. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, we all were in the dressing room together because every city doesn't <laughs> have what, one dressing room for each person. We all were in there together.
0: <laughs> Could that whole cake fit in that dressing room?
1: Yeah, well, I guess we all did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy,
1: yes. You, oh, um, let me just tell you a cute story. I won't say the names, but it was two sopranos, and they were in uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, and it's one you know big dressing room for the soprano. You know, well, the soprano usually, and then the other person has to go downstairs if it's two sopranos. So I'll just say the one name. Montserrat Cavalier was singing, and one of our American sopranos was singing with her. And so somebody said, oh, diva uh, Montserrat, you are so fabulous. You are the prima donna, on saluta. She says, I don't think so, because if I was, I'd be in the dressing room up there.
2: <laughs> 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 because the
1: American soprano, she knew where that dressing room was, so she got it before Montserrat <laughs> could
0: Oh my goodness. So That's that. super <laughs> But yeah. Mm, well Miss Mitchell, you have been a joy to speak with. I want to say thank you so much for just taking the time to to share with us about your career. And I want to know would you take a moment just to recap uh the concert on Sunday afternoon?
1: Yes, it's with uh, the Metro Chamber Orchestra of New York. And this is in Brooklyn, and it's on Sunday, June 26th at four o'clock. And uh, I will be singing uh, the Liebestod of Wagner's Liebestod, and uh, also the Otello aria, and then also the final scene of Zolome with the orchestra. And I think it's at Patrick. You can say exactly where it is. I think it's Saint Anne. Is yes, St. Anne. Anne
0: and the Episcopal Church at one five seven Montax Street. Montague. Do you all say Montague in New York? Is it? Is it I think they say. I
1: think they
0: say Montague. I think they say. Montague. Okay, it's one fifty seven yeah. Montague Street, Brooklyn, New York, yeah. and it's at mm-hmm. four o'clock. And if you need to purchase tickets, you can purchase them online at brownpapertickets.com. dot com. And if you're on Facebook, if you just search Leona Mitchell, the event will come up. It's billed as Leona Mitchell's only New York concert with the Metro Chamber Orchestra. I see that Carmen Ballthorpe has uh R S V P that she's coming. That would be wonderful. Yes. If made oh
1: no, I should have said Carmen. We started way back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we were in our early twenties together. Oh my yeah. Carmen so she's sweet and like voice's voice. Oh yeah. Voice oh yeah, I so had the
0: opportunity sweet. to uh interview her not too long ago.
1: Oh did you? Yes. Oh gosh. It just brings back a lot of memories, Carmen. She's so beautiful. (laughs) Inside and out, that girl,
0: yeah. She's wonderful. Yes indeed. Well, Miss Mitchell, thank you so much and I wish you well. I'm so sorry I can't be in New York, but I know that the opportunity will present itself where I can hear you in person and meet you face to face. Oh, that'll
1: be great. That'll be great. Okay, Patrick, thank thank you so so much. And you keep up your good work. Keep up your good work. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.
0: Again, caller, that was none other than internationally acclaimed soprano Leona Mitchell. And I was so honored that she was here to share with us about her career. And, again, if you are in the Brooklyn, New York area, I do encourage you to go to her concert. It is her only New York appearance with the Metro. Chamber Orchestra. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, and I encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Patrick D. McCoy. Also on Facebook, you may friend the Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music page. Also, join me on June 30th at 12 noon as we return back to the Opera Diva series. The Opera Diva series will feature soprano, Angela M. Brown, who will be here to talk about her career and her recent wedding in Paris. Again, I am Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music. Please follow the show. If you click on the show page and click follow, I encourage you to follow the show. And I look forward to hearing and seeing your good works as we explore this world of opera and classical music together. Again, I am Patrick McCoy, the African American Voice of the Classical Music, and I wish you a great day.